UCLA football not getting the respect it may deserve this year? What's new as we have another edition of Locked On UCLA? We'll dive into that non-conference basketball release over the weekend, but we'll come in and start as we talk about the USA Today coaches poll being released as it's Locked On UCLA. Once again, thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen to each and every day. You can get Locked On UCLA, the podcast itself, on a variety of platforms with no shortage of Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm your host, Zach Anderson, Yoxheimer, and Bruin fans, get your hands in the air. It's time for an eight clap. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, U-C-L-A, U-C-L-A, fight, fight, fight. As we are ready, locked and loaded to get this one started today, all out of sorts as UCLA is not ranked in the preseason top 25 coaches poll released by USA Today. The Bruins, as just detailed in a recent release of an episode about the 2022 schedule outlook, are promising to have a good season, a very easy, soft non-conference schedule, not the initial schedule that UCLA Athletics had in mind when they designed this schedule years ago in advance. But when you have the Bowling Greens, the Alabama States, and such, it will be a very easy schedule come the last non-conference game against South Alabama as the Bruins will pretty much have a 3-0 start gift wrapped to themselves if you look at it on paper going forward into the 2022 Pac-12 football season and conference play. For the Bruins, no respect, maybe no respect needed, none garnered from the coaches poll, which features 66 coaches, part of the AFCA of the USA Today coaches poll, UCLA netting 10 votes. So they did receive some votes to make it to the top 25, and that put them in 40th place, the 40th best team in the country. As UCLA, who was preseason predicted to be top four in the Pac-12, the Pac-12 itself having three teams in the top 15, Utah being the highest ranked out of all of them, starting in at number eight. Oregon slotting in at number 12. If you remember, the Bruins play those two teams in back-to-back games this season. And then the ugly rivals from just across town, USC, under their new head coach, Lincoln Riley and company, they are number 15 in their preseason poll, which means they think there is a 25-spot difference, if you think about it, across the nation from where USC to where UCLA stack up preseason in terms of just the hype machine, just simply looking at each other on an even scale. So they think the top three teams in the conference are amongst the top 15 teams in the nation. This is what the coaches think in their preseason poll. We know coaches' polls, all sorts of polls, are jokes to begin with, especially a preseason poll. A lot of wiggling around, maybe handshake deals. Who knows how they make these coaches' polls? But UCLA is currently tied for 40th place in terms of the USA Today coaches poll. And why is that significant? Well, they were voted behind the likes of Air Force, Utah State, and San Diego State. Yes, they were put behind those teams in the preseason poll. Air Force, Utah State, San Diego State, even Fresno State. But if you think Fresno State last year who returned all their team that beat the Bruins in the Rose Bowl, well, That would make sense. But that's a lot of teams who expect 
to be better than the Bruins based on what the coaches think in the preseason poll. UCLA garnering the same amount of votes as Boise State and Appalachian State, funny enough, for the 40th best team in the preseason USA Today coaches poll. So what does this mean for the Bruins going forward in this 2022 season? Well, simply, it just means not a lot of eyes being put on the Bruins this year. So this is a team that could certainly be a dark horse in the Pac-12 race. Certainly, you have some work to go through. It's not an even schedule for the Bruins. You don't have to just leapfrog Utah and USC. All you have to do is slot yourself number two in the Pac-12 standings come Pac-12 conference championship time, and you will have solidified yourself in that title game come December. But for the Bruins, it just means they're not getting a lot of respect. And when you have a pretty soft non-conference schedule, well, I'm not sure the Bruins will get a lot of respect in terms of all the polls, but that could change going forward. And who makes up these polls? That's the question. Who makes up these polls where UCLA wouldn't be in the top 25, let alone the top 30 in the nation, returning a team that at one point was ranked last year, and it took some faltering down the stretch in crucial games against teams that were ranked or ranked at some point in the season last year, such as the Fresno States at home and Oregon game at home that led to UCLA falling out of the top 25 with a couple of those losses last year in 2021, but still leading to an eight-win campaign. In the 66 coaches that make up this USA Today poll, five Pac-12 teams make up the poll. Those coaches are Jed Fish of Arizona, Herm Edwards of ASU, Kyle Whittingham of Utah, Kalen DeBoer, the new Washington head coach, and Jake Dickert, the Wazoo coach, the new Wazoo coach. So those are the five coaches that make up the Pac-12 for the conference representation in the USA Today coaches poll in the preseason. So you could think maybe the new Washington head coach maybe wouldn't put too much respect for UCLA. He just coached at Fresno State last year, Kalen DeBoer did, and bolted for that open Washington job where he just beat the Bruins in the Rose Bowl. That could be not a vote from him either. You can have Kyle Whittingham, who has had his success against the Bruins in recent years, wouldn't probably put too much respect on the Bruin name. And then there's Herm Edwards, who just went to the Rose Bowl last year and put a beating on UCLA's team by 19 points. And, well, as you would think, conference members would probably think, all right, we want to give love to our fellow members. Maybe it's the Pac-12 coaches a little frustrated the institutions that UCLA as a whole, you're not going to help out your fellow Pac-12 member and elevate them in the preseason poll because they're not going to be Pac-12 members moving forward. Funny enough, if you look deeper into the poll, other guys who could have voted, Big Ten coaches represent seven different voting entities. Yes, seven Big Ten votes. They're a bigger conference than the Pac-12, but just think how UCLA and SC bolting to the Big Ten makes a difference. The Big Ten has more weight in the coaches' pool. More weight, and they're represented by Indiana, Wisconsin, Northwestern, Penn State, Nebraska, Rutgers, and Michigan State. While there's already been a bunch of this talk about how you're literally going from one coast to the other, north and pretty much a bit south in the United States for UCLA going to the Big Ten moving forward, all the money and all the aspects going with it, more national recognition, this is where it makes a difference going forward. These preseason polls and polls that may affect how the media and the 
college football playoff committee think about things, regardless if they use these polls as a factor into determining who are the best four and maybe eventually an expansion to some form of a playoff amount of teams, whether it's 8, 16, or so on. It just makes a difference when you have more teams and more coaches having your back trying to elevate the rest of the conference and get better votes, get better preseason selections as UCLA. They're sitting 40th. Do I think they're the 40th best team in the nation? No, I think they're certainly deserving of a top 25 nod at some point during the season, but they have to prove themselves. It'll take a long time before UCLA will have the opportunity to prove themselves at some point during this season. I do believe UCLA within the first four weeks will be ranked simply because UCLA should and will be 3-0 after their easy three non-conference games all at home. Seven games this year at the Rose Bowl, which hasn't always been the greatest home field advantage for the Bruins, but it does serve well as opposed to traveling east against some tough non-conference opponent or against a, a tough conference opponent. When you play the majority of your games at home, They will be ranked at some point this year for how long, how high. Nobody knows. That'll just come up to the determination of how they play against Utah, Oregon, and USC. Those are the three games that will make or break how well UCLA seasons go. It will either be the ceiling of, as we've seen, Pac-12, just make college football playoff. The Bruins would love to make a Pac-12 title game berth, a Rose Bowl, maybe sneak into the top four, whether you're wishing high or or believing low where you don't think UCLA will ever crack the top 25 this season, which I think would be a very low hope for a very veteran team. The DTRs, the Jake Bobos, the Azizi Hearns, all these guys, the transfers, the veteran presences, the Zach Charbonnets. You have players getting national recognition, but somehow the team isn't believed to be in the top 25. One of those two things aren't going to correlate and just going to have to be up to the Bruins on the field and Chip Kelly and company to help the product move itself along, increase the national brand and find themselves moving forward in the preseason poll. And eventually during the season poll, when these coaches will have something to vote on, not just practices and word of mouth in hype trains and elevating conferences. So their early season matchups can be ranked and nationally televised. It's sometimes they'll be on merit coming on later this season. Another funny member I found in this USA today coaching poll A good old friend you might recognize, now the head coach of UConn, a program looking to get itself back off the ground and build itself back up. The UConn Huskies, who are they coached by? Well, none other than Jim Mora, as he is leading the Huskies. And I wonder, did he vote for the Bruins, former UCLA head man? Is there some animosity there? Who knows? I just think it's funny that there's plenty of entities, whether it's within the Pac-12 or whether it's Jim Mora himself, who could have either helped the Bruins get those 10 votes or could have been the reason why UCLA was shut out or nearly shut out entirely of even receiving any votes for the top 25 UCLA getting a combined 10 votes points, whatever it is for the USA today preseason coaches poll. And I mean, preseason polls mean nothing, but they're fun to talk about and especially different when it comes to from a coach's perspective. And while they do have more going on in their minds, more games at play than maybe even the media members do. It's just interesting to see how in a 66-man poll, UCLA's own conference is outnumbered by their new soon-to-be conference in the Big Ten by two more members, more voting entities, seven to five. And how funny it is that Jim Mora is a voting 
person in this poll. And you wonder, does he give them love? Is there some hatred? Who knows? And that's just all fun speculation that you can go forward. In the end, all be all, UCLA at some point will be in the top 25 in some poll, some way, not just even the, the random polls you find there on the social media and on the Twitters and whatever you, you use for your social media. UCLA will be in the poll probably at the end of their non-conference stretch. And if they start 4-0, they will be certainly in the top 25. You always see these teams, especially Power 5, you go 3-0, 4-0 in a week non-conference schedule and a week opening conference matchup, you'll get recognized even for a lack of proof. You could steamroll teams and still find yourself not proving anything. And UCLA will have five games into their season before they've truly had to prove themselves against elite competition when Utah comes to town and then the Bruins go to Eugene. The polls come out, the USA Today coaches poll, and the Bruins not even in the top 40. Again, they're behind the likes of Air Force, Utah State, and San Diego State in votes tied with Boise State and Appalachian State. Make it make sense. It It's okay. Breathe in, Bruin fans. And I know it's okay to hope. It's okay to be a little skeptic at some times. But UCLA will make this mark on this 2022 season upcoming as they were listed at 40th in the USA Today coaches poll from the receiving votes. And if you count down a lot of teams ahead of them, but there is ground to be made up and there will be games to have been won. Again, that over under this year, eight and a half wins. And I think UCLA will hit the over and you can learn more about that 2022 football schedule outlook. We had our part one and part two just released a couple of days ago. UCLA football, I think they'll make the top 25 at some point. And even in this USA Today coaches poll, I think they will find themselves in it at some point. Well, let's put a foot in that right now. No more preseason speculation on polls, at least for now. We'll take a look at what is the preseason, the non-conference schedule, the early season non-conference schedule released by UCLA themselves as they're still finalizing the rest of the post-December, end-of-December scheduling. But, you know, we have some highlights, including that Kentucky matchup. Let's talk about it next after we hear some words from LinkedIn. As you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to make your small business fire in all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier and to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can do things like create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network, over 800 million people. You can add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, which helps spread the word that you're hiring, which can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates who you'd like to hire and interview. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know, every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Time to shift gears back from football over to basketball. Last week, we went over Abramo Zonka's signing for UCLA men's basketball. Late Italian international signee, a 6'7 wing, small forward hybrid for Mick Cronin's bunch. 
And after a signing, it's finally a release of the early portion part of the schedule for UCLA men's basketball this upcoming season. A little bit different outlook for the Bruins coming up this season, but they did release on Twitter and a release on their website saying, all right, we have the early part of the season done in terms of the scheduling. Their first game officially open to the public November 2nd is an exhibition against Concordia, a D2 program out at Poly Pavilion November 2nd. And then the real fun begins on November 7th, which is when we dive in here on Locked On UCLA and get all the nuggets, get them all churned, and get everything ready for basketball season, which is just about three months away if you think about it. And while everybody counts down towards March, we're counting down till November 7th when the Bruins will open up against Sacramento State, the Hornets out of the big sky, and have a trio of home games to open up their 2022 and 2023 non-conference slate out at Poly Pavilion, three mid-majors in a row in a week span, November 7th to the 14th. We'll see the Bruins play three games, Sac State, Long Beach State. They always seem to play the beach just about every year. Last year, twice, funny enough, due to the late COVID cancellations of some games, and UCLA and Long Beach State picked up a second game against each other, and that second game actually not having fans. So this will be the third time the Bruins and Long Beach State will tangle in the last two seasons, ironically enough, not involving any postseason matchups, all happening at Poly Pavilion, and then a scheduled game against Norfolk State at home on November 14th on a Monday. So within that first week, three easy games for the Bruins. Sac State near the bottom tier of the Big Sky. Long Beach State, the reigning Big West regular season champs. And then they play Norfolk State, who actually made it to the tournament last year, the reigning MEAC regular season and tournament champions. Although it still seems to be an easy win for the Bruins coming up. Then after that week-long stint at home, they'll finally leave home from Polly and find themselves in Las Vegas. Seems like everybody's favorite place, either New York or Las Vegas in the early portion primetime part of the non-conference men's basketball slate in college basketball. The Bruins will take on soon-to-be Big Ten rival Illinois and the Fighting Illini on November 18th, a Friday night showdown out at T-Mobile Arena, a nationally televised affair on ESPNU, which will be their first true test of the of the season as Kofi Coburn was a Fighting Illini member of the program in recent years, but Illinois, we'll see how that matchup stands to be one of two scheduled Big Ten members and new conference foes coming up in this early season schedule. UCLA will play Illinois, and then, interestingly enough, they'll either get Baylor or Virginia, two of the recent national championship winners from 2019 and 2021. So excellent programs, and they'll get them on November 20th, A Sunday out in T-Mobile Arena, nationally televised on ESPN. Obviously, the winner getting the winner in the Continental Tire main event tourney just before the Thanksgiving Day weekend. So for UCLA, you play Illinois, and win or lose, you either get Virginia or Baylor, and that's an excellent game on a neutral site. Last year, you remember in Vegas, the Bruins got Bellarmine and then Gonzaga. That Gonzaga game did not fare too well. It will be a great measuring stick for Mick Cronin's bunch early. The day before Thanksgiving, the Bruins return home, 
take on Pepperdine and Lorenzo Romar and company in the Pepperdine Waves at home. The fourth UCLA home game, one of 17 regular season home games for the Bruins this year. And then after the Thanksgiving Day break from Thanksgiving Day, you have Black Friday. And then the Sunday after, the Bruins will actually welcome in Bellarmine. They'll play on Sunday and they'll be their fifth home game of the season to that point. That ends November. So for the Bruins in the month of November, five mid-major games, all easy potential home victories for the Bruins from the Sac States, Long Beach States, Norfolk State, Pepperdine, and Bellarmine sandwiched around the meat of that non-conference schedule, Illinois and either Baylor or Virginia. And then UN November. That's a nice solid November. Easy cupcake home games for the Bruins. And then two extremely tough or potentially tough neutral site games for UCLA out in Vegas. And December 1st, you start off the new month against Pac-12 opponent Stanford, December 1st on a Thursday. So they have to go to Palo Alto and then come back on Sunday with two days off in between and host Oregon. They have those two hidden games in the middle of the non-conference stretch. You see these bigger conferences kind of picking and choosing two random games in the conference schedule where they find they could wiggle in some national television time. And Stanford gets the first choice against UCLA. Odd enough that it doesn't come with a cow combo, but for Stanford and UCLA, they'll tango as the Pac-12 openers. And then UCLA will get a marquee matchup against Oregon on Sunday at home before they return back to their non-conference slate. Stanford will be the first road game, the first true road game for UCLA in the season, almost a month in before the Bruins have their first road game. You take on Oregon at home and then follow that up with Denver at home and then the first cross-country road trip of the year. You go on December 14th, following the December 10th game against Denver and the Pioneers of the Summit League. You go to Maryland College Park and take on another soon-to-be Big Ten foe in the Terrapins, a good basketball program, and then the one everybody circled on the calendar. You have the Maryland game, but everybody's looking towards December 17th, the primetime CBS game in New York at Madison Square Garden. The Blue Bloods collide again. John Calipari and the likes of Mick Cronin. Kentucky, UCLA, 2.30. It's already set at Madison Square against the Wildcats and the Bruins, a neutral site East Coast affair against Kentucky. We remember in recent years, there's been the neutral site games. There's been the postseason meetings, the home and homes, the excitement back and forth against two of the most historic legacy, Blue Bloods, whatever you want to call it, iconic names, iconic colleges, universities, representing college basketball all time in most championships. They will collide on December 17th. That is the game that will be circled and have an in-depth analysis when we get closer to it a month and a half into the season. The true test for the Bruins is that was a Kentucky team with Oscar Shibwe that got bounced in the first round by a 15 seed, although that 15 seed went further than any 15 seed had gone before in St. Peter's. So this is a Kentucky team that'll be rearing to go and especially have that game circled on the calendar as well. You can get all the coach speak and players speak, but those players and coaches and staff, all the fans, we're all excited 
for that game December 17th. And funny enough, that comes pretty much a month to the day after UCLA plays USC in the Rose Bowl, although on opposite coasts, just about a month away from each other. So you have a month to recover from UCLA football, taking on Lincoln Riley and the Trojans in the Rose Bowl. And then if you're flying out to New York, you're going to watch that Saturday afternoon, 2.30 Pacific time tip. You have a master class of a non-conference meeting against Kentucky before the end of December, December 21st, the Bruins will welcome in what looks to be their final non-conference home game against another Big West foe, UC Davis, which may be an earlier tip, could be a late night tip on the Pac-12 family networks, who knows. Whether that one will be televised as the Bruins welcome in the Aggies from Davis, California, which should be an easy win. And depending on how that Kentucky game goes, will either be a wide margin of victory or could very well be a sleepy affair against a usually well-coached UC Davis team. That is what they've released this point. 13 games already in the what was quote-unquote listed as the early season schedule by UCLA. And it's a gauntlet. They're testing themselves at Maryland. Kentucky, let's be real. It's a, it's a road game. It's a neutral site game in New York. That's further for UCLA than it would be if they traveled to Kentucky. Let's let's get that out of our minds. It's not Rupp Arena, but they are traveling to Madison Square, all the lights on them, and you're taking on Kentucky. That will most likely be a Kentucky home game. And Bruin fans, go make your voice heard, but I know Madison Square, that'll be quite the ticket to score as all the eyes will be on the Bruins and the Wildcats December 17th. The sneaky good game will be that Maryland game at College Park, regardless of how Maryland's faring into that part of the season. It's a test for the Bruins to how they will deal with the cross-country travel come conference play in a couple of years when Big Ten play is soon to be upon us. And the two marquee neutral site games, Illinois and either Baylor or Virginia, are the highlights of that Las Vegas trip in the Continental Tire main event for the Bruins. That Thanksgiving Day tournament that most teams usually play, the Bruins getting it the weekend before and lightening the load for the Bruins before Thanksgiving with Pac-12 play starting in the early part of December. So while this isn't a game-by-game outlook, just a little review of what was released by the Bruins over the weekend, and it could stack themselves pretty well in the non-Power 5 category. UCLA should score up loads and loads of victories. The rail tests coming in Vegas in Maryland, and in New York against Kentucky. But you can't sleep on the Stanford Pac-12 opener and the Pac-12 home opener against Oregon after traveling up to Palo Alto and back in the early part of December. Interesting schedule. It's released kind of in half and half in the rest of the Pac-12 conference schedule and any other games that UCLA adds will be added later. 31 regular season games for the Bruins this year and a gauntlet of a non-conference schedule mixed in with some easy wins too for Mick Cronin some buy games, if you will. And for the Bruins, we're excited for basketball season, just as we are excited for football season. UCLA looking to temper expectations and live up to the hype with Mick Cronin that he's been slowly building year after year. A different set of players mixed in with some old cast of characters from the last two seasons for UCLA in basketball terms and for the football team. Well, boy, oh boy. They, they're looking to prove some people wrong in this upcoming 2022 season. Let's hear some words from some sponsors before we come back here on Locked On UCLA. Well, once again, let's flip back the page over to the football side of things. And some controversial comments over the weekend, maybe some controversial, maybe more taking shots uttered from the mouth 
of head coach Chip Kelly saying some very interesting words about NIL in his post-practice media availability. And UCLA, they're working themselves towards that opening game against Bowling Green September 3rd, no doubt. But I think the bigger story here is what Chip Kelly had to say and who he's taking shots at as the Bruins were had their practice. Chip Kelly was at the end, given his media availability, and then went on the record to take some shots about NIL, directly took a shot at the NCAA and their enforcement arms, and then also some other institutions, we'll say, and how UCLA is successfully doing well with doing the NIL the right way. And some of the comments we'll start with for Chip Kelly initially started with that the NCAA enforcement of the NIL rules is lacking. He doesn't believe that they're doing it the right way. He said, I think if the enforcement arm of the NCAA catches up to the rules of the NCAA, I think we'll be in a great situation, he was saying. Coaches can't be involved in brokering deals for student-athletes. This is not a pay-for-play. This is not recruiting inducements, he went on to say in different quotes about how UCLA themselves and the coaches, they all came together. UCLA have endorsed and brought and introduced something that's called the Westwood Exchange, a registry that the companies can connect the athletes through NIL purposes. It's got over 140 connections through the likes of just different opportunities for these UCLA athletes. And a different quote for Chip Kelly, he said this, it's not a quid pro quo. You have to do the work. If you want to make money on NAL, then you have to be willing to go do the work. People can't just pay you X amount of dollars to do nothing. Maybe at some other places that happens, but at this place, it doesn't. So that goes hand in hand with the comment of how the enforcement arm of the NCAA isn't doing what they're needing to do and how we're doing it the right way. The Westwood Exchange is how he said it and how the Bruins, he thinks, will benefit from it and how even at Pac-12 Media Days, he says UCLA can stand to benefit from NAL. Who would think that? UCLA should, especially football and basketball and even all their other athletes and all the other sports should fare well in benefiting from being in Los Angeles. Westwood playing in one of the premier spots in the country in SoCal against some premier talent, whether it's the end of the Pac-12 or soon to be the Big Ten. Just the way Chip Kelly was taking shots over the weekend after practice, saying, hey, the NCAA has got to step up its enforcement arm. Well, hey, that's been complained about for years and years and years. But he also mentioned to say, hey, looking to promote, hey, this is how you do it the right way, while also taking shots at, say, as we all know what was joked about through the offseason, the USC's slow pulling of going from Lincoln Riley to Caleb Williams and maybe the worst of them all, the the Addisons of the world, pulling him from Pitt, the Blitnikoff Award winner, as they snatched him from being a Panther and turned him into a Trojan in what's turning into a football factory at USC. And, you know, they did get charged doing wrong once. Who knows how they do it again? But I guess that's a way you can look at saying how he took his unscripted, directed shot without mentioning names. And there's certainly other places who are doing things the wrong way. And he's trying to say, hey, this is how we're looking to do things the right way. And 
whether you take his quotes in one way of directing that shot, maybe at SC going against Crosstown, maybe he's saying things at other places, or for Chip Kelly, maybe he's just saying as a whole, there are schools that aren't listening. They're just not listening and following the NIL rules. It's just pay for play. And he's saying that's not exactly what name, image, and likeness is. It's we're paying to use your name, image, and likeness like you're watching these commercials. These kids have to go and provide some work. They can't just be like, hey, ah, here's a stack of cash. Uh, you're the sponsor of said and said something. You know, that's just not how it works with NIL. Kelly was describing it, saying you have to. One, put in the work. Two, coaches can't be involved. And three, the NCAA has got to enforce this a lot better than it is. The central part of the issue is doesn't think everybody's playing by the rules. He thinks the Bruins are more so than the rest. And now this is what it's supposed to be. And that's not how people are interpreting it. So that's basically the 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 whole thing of this NIL deal. And that's the whole thing of the whole shebang of Locked On UCLA today. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, make Locked On Pac-12 your second list of the day. Spencer McLaughlin, an excellent host, putting in some excellent work with Locked On Pac-12. Go make that your second listen of the day for Locked On UCLA. Once again, Bruin fans, get your hands in the air. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, UCLA. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins.